welcome to our podcast with Emma and Julie, where parenting is at the heart of what we do. Rewind, reset, renew. Today we're going to talk all about regulation. So it's important first before we begin to discuss about self-regulation and emotional intelligence. So basically, if you are emotionally intelligent, you are able to self-regulate. And here is the definition. Emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to reason, rationalize and analyze. And it's key to thinking clearly and creatively. It allows you to manage and challenge stress confidently. So, Julie, how do you self-regulate? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think with age, you learn to start regulate your emotions. And for me, I've come up with a number of strategies that really help. People do laugh when I say I sit in the rabbit hutch and stroke the rabbits because that really does help, that pet therapy. But one of the biggest things I've learned to do is, is to meditate. And a lot of people think that's a little bit woo-woo, but actually, what it actually does, it quietens your mind. It gives your thoughts time to just stop and actually not think. You may observe them coming and going, but it just gives you that breathing space because our minds are absolutely overactive and, and children are constantly overthinking. So for meditation, for me, is every night before I go to bed, I put on a guided meditation. Um, sometimes I just listen to guided music, but it actually allows me to shut off from the day and just refocus my mind ready for the next day. What about you, Emma? Um, yeah, really quite similar to you. I've been journaling and meditating for the last three and a half years, I think it is now, um, which actually means for me, getting up in the morning, having a coffee, sitting at my dining table, uh, trying to just be in the moment, just come round slowly, journal about my feelings, what's going on for me, um, whether I'm feeling... Uh, sad, angry, whatever emotions coming up, I write about it. I kind of look at why I'm doing it and what's the reasons behind it. I then have a guided meditation using headphones and maybe about 15, 20 minutes is the whole process. So just taking time to be and I wanted to be able to de-stress. And the reason I started all this was because I suffered quite badly with anxiety and stress. And I struggled to manage daily with all the things that life throws at you. So what I felt with this, the benefits have absolutely helped me, supported me, guided me through life, I guess, just to help me to be. I want to be a responsive parent and person. I don't want to react. And this has just helped me with all that. I think that's a big key, isn't it? You know, as parents, we've got the stress of the day. We've been to work. You know, are we setting off thinking about what we've got to do? And often children, you know, we use the word play up, but decide to push our buttons at the wrong time. And and often as parents, we react to a situation and I think regulation is about having the skills and toolkit that you don't do that. So I'm mm. sorry to interrupt, but you're doing no. a great job there. I'm oh, keep going. Good. Uh, and Julia, when we were doing the workshop a week or two ago, you were saying about when you got home from work and you just take a minute for yourself 
to reset. Yeah. I think, you know, when I walk through the door, we're busy at work, you know, looking after children, going home, what I used to do is just put the TV on and do a visual meditation uh, on YouTube. Just put in visual forest guy, go to the beach, wherever your go-tos are where, you know, you remember being the most relaxed that you've been. Um, For me, You know, it could be walking in the forest or, you know, lying on that beach and just listening to the waves and taking me back there just for those few minutes, might be five, ten minutes, just it's like downloading what has happened through the day, reprocessing it and that word reset so that when my children walk through that door, I am absolutely ready for what they bring. Yeah, brilliant. I think it's the being present, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely, you know, you you use that word there, being present in the moment. And, you know, what does that mean? It actually does mean that minute, that second, just stop, you know, and, and appreciate what is going on around you. We know that our minds race constantly and it does take time. You've got to form those habits, haven't you, to actually just be. Yeah. And stop running around like we do as parents. Yeah. I, I think... My thing is, I'm a what they call a doer. I keep going and keep going and keep going. I'm a, I clean to regulate. I exercise to regulate. I'm doing a lot and it's too much. And my body was complaining and saying, I've had enough. I need to sit down. I need to just be still for a minute. And my brain overreacting, overwhelmed, overstimulated, too much. And that really... This just pausing just really helps you, doesn't it? I know. And I'm, and people do say to me, Emma, you know, do you stop? And I actually do stop, but I have to make myself stop. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally. And like anything, you have to work at a habit. So many times for it to become a fixed habit. And now for me, that is my life. Part of my life is, is meditation. And I think that's what allows me to do what I do at the pace that I do it. Mm. So just what a note to add as well is that we never actually reach self-regulation fully. We're not perfect. It's not supposed to happen for us. It's it's not life really. But as long as we can try most of the time to be regulated, it stops us reacting uh, uh, in an adverse way really. So Now I think we move on to dysregulation. Now, bit of a thing here, massive thing with uh, the word tantrum. It used to be when your child was having a temper tantrum. Now we do not say that. We call this dysregulation or deregulated. So here's a few examples of what happens to me when I'm dysregulated. I'll be super busy. I'll react, I might try and do too many things in one day and fit it all in, I get frustrated, I get angry, I used to slam doors, Um, I clean furiously to try and regulate again, I probably shout, I'm short-tempered, I might snap at people when I'm not regulated. So Julie, what do you do when you're (laughs) dysregulated? Do I have to admit these things? (laughs) Yes, you do, because it's normal. Oh yeah, and you know what? It's when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're taking too much on. For me, I am a doer, just like you Emma, I'm a fixer. And I think if I can't fix something or a situation, or somebody, then that really deregulates me. I start to sort of go off on a tangent. Um, For me, I definitely don't clean and run or do any of your things that you do. (laughs) 
Um, but again, for me, I love walking. I take my dogs out. I go for a walk. But when I am actually off, you know, not losing that moment, um, I can shout. I have slammed doors. You know, I have created arguments because I feel I need to. Um my mind's all over the place. I do a lot of um, tapping, moving, rocking. They're that sort of my things because I can't control something. Um, so we all have something, don't we? Yeah. Um, I'm getting better at regulating myself through the things that I do. But there are moments when, you know what, I'm overwhelmed and yeah. it happens. And that's life, everybody. Please do not judge yourself harshly. So, good point, Julie. So, what we're looking at now is dysregulation in children. What might a child look like? Now, they can't come round to you and say, I'm really struggling at the moment, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So, what usually happens is the behaviour escalates. So, when a child is dysregulated, it means that they cannot manage their emotions. They're usually wanting something. So there's something that they desire, they want or they need that they have to have. So it's a specific outcome that they want and they will have a dysregulated moment to get that thing. And then once they've got it, usually it subsides and they're fine again. What they might do is hitting, kicking, spitting biting, um, just general... Throwing themselves on the floor. Yeah, like a lead weight, you know, when you try to put them in the car seat maybe and they push the body out of it to try and escape and won't be still, so they cry, they scream at you. Lots of that dysregulated behaviour, usually because they want something or they can't have what you've said, you know, maybe you've said no to something. So what we try and do as adults is either distract or we give in straight away. Now, in another podcast, I think it's the next one, we're going to discuss strategies. Uh, so look out for that next time. But what we wanted to talk about today as well was co-regulation. So, Julie, you've got the definition. I certainly have. So co-regulation is defined as warm, responsive. Interactions that provide the support, coaching and modelling children need to understand, express and modulate their thoughts, feelings and behaviours. So, as adults, if you are not self-regulated, you will not be able to co-regulate a child. A child will need support in doing all these things. They cannot do it by themselves. That's why they need an adult. Behaviour-wise and developmental-wise, they cannot, under the age of five, regulate themselves. It's not possible. They are learning. It's part of development. It's completely normal. And that's why we as parents need to support them. Mm -hmm. And I think what you have to remember is you are their mirrors to the world. So if you can show regulation and if you can even talk about the things you do when your child's not dysregulated, um, you're teaching them what to do. Um, tell them, I'm having a bad day, but I'm going to do this. I, you know, if I, if I have a hug, then I feel better. So you can ask your children what would make them feel better when they're not in that moment. And those are things that you can do together. So, thanks for joining us on this podcast today. Look out for the next episode, all about strategies for deregulation. <laughs>